0: Item one, hit the grocery store. Item two, laundry. Item three, overthrow capitalism. You know, for somebody who taught Latin, your inability to pronounce French, like, hurts. Oh,
1: look at you getting to the end of my stuff.
0: motherfucker.
1: But seriously, I do think that this bucolic, luxurious, live your weird fucking dreams kind of life is something worth noting.
0: <sighs> because of course he had...
1: I got into an argument essentially uh, with with some folks as to whether or not um, punching Nazis is something you should do. And they're like, no, then you're just as bad as the Nazis. And I was like, the Nazis committed genocide. I'm talking about breaking noses. Drink scotch and eat strychnine.
0: All right. You, you can't leave that lying there. Luxury poultry.
1: Yes. Yes. Fancy it's, chickens. Yes. Fancy chickens.
0: Pet, pet, fancy chickens. Pet, fancy chickens. <laughs> Level. And um, today we had the uh, very rare uh, joy of uh, getting together with uh, the Harmony family uh, in person. We were actually all in the same room. Oh um, shit, I
1: just forgot. I totally forgot what? to bring over two things I was supposed to bring for you too. The oh, streak well. continues.
0: Yeah, it's unbroken. <laughs> Sorry. You, you, Sorry to you interrupt. Are, and, uh, and I had the, uh, remarkable experience of, uh, coming very close to getting schooled, uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, d d trivia, uh, Trivial Pursuit, Dungeons and Dragons edition, uh, by, uh, by your daughter. Yes. Who, um, is, is a wunderkind, mm-hmm. uh, um, her, her remarkable grasp of the specific details in the rule books mm-hmm. is is a thing to behold like holy cow that is that is a wicked smart kid you got going on there <laughs> um, and uh and i i managed i managed to pull out the sort of kind of victory we, we had to call the game early um but i had i had more more wedges uh than than anybody else did um mm-hmm. but it was but it was a close thing. Um, And yeah, it was, it it was a lot of fun. We, we need, we need to, uh, we need to find ways to, to get together more frequently um, for sure. And after you all left, we did break out uh, Munchkin Warhammer 40,000 edition. And um, I need, I need to play that against you and your kids because I, Julia, is just competitive enough. Yeah. That 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 I can I can see her using her her genius for evil. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. in a in a big way there. So yeah. yeah. So it was it was a yeah, great time was had by all. Um and yeah, so how about you?
1: Yeah, well I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a US history teacher at the high school level up here in Northern California. Uh and it was nice because I got to meet friend of the show Brian. Um yes. a friend of the show Kay. Uh these are both yes. longtime listeners, first time callers. Um, but uh <laughs> got to meet them and uh Kay agreed with me that in fact it was feasible and uh preferable. No, she
0: did not. You really? are you are blatantly miss <laughs> No, I, I I you are you are as you said as you <laughs> said to them, you said this is co opting. No, that I that is thank that you is not... for
1: cooperating. I don't no, think yes, you heard okay, me right. and
0: now you're I... gaslighting. <laughs> because no. I was there <laughs> so,
1: so and I even drew up some schematics to show you yeah. that in fact plaid would work on your ceiling so I'm looking forward to seeing that um in the, the example violent
0: years. the um, violent retching that yeah. that this evinced in my wife was really quite a thing to see I have to say <laughs>
1: so on the way home from said said event yeah uh, you know, lovely time thank you uh for having oh, of us. course
0: yeah
1: um my son for the first time, um at least to my ears passed through a rite of passage his voice cracked yeah oh man and i was hearing him talk today and last week i'm like dude i don't remember your voice being that mid-range it's normally higher um and it's 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 dropping uh so i'm like hey cool man i didn't make anything of it because i don't want to embarrass the dude because i don't know Mm. how kids feel about their voices cracking but like i was pleased as punch um, just nice. Yeah, cool, cool growth.
0: So. very cool. yeah. also, um, I, mm-hmm. I got permission from your daughter uh, ah. to mention this, so I so I need to bring it up. Yes. at one point <laughs> Damien was Damien was in the middle of some shaggy dog pun with with another guest <laughs> and uh and and Julia uh said to said to said individual. I have to deal with him like half of my life. I have to, I have to deal with him like this. Yeah. Yeah. For so sure. it's, it's yeah. I just, see,
1: folks, divorce can be good for children.
0: <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it warmed my heart that like, okay, all right. It's not, it's, I mean, I knew it was not just me, but like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, well. uh, so yeah, that so... was,
1: that was fun, and unfortunately, yeah. this these next few episodes are not going to be. So, do you have your mm-hmm. beer?
0: I I do, Good. I do. It is an Anderson Valley Bourbon Barrel Stout.
1: Take a big gulp, because. Uh, oh, go. Okay, what are we doing? So, uh, while we're continuing uh, with the eugenics movement right. into idiocracy,
0: I had I had, had I had blocked forgotten. out what we were in the middle of talking about. Oh, well, sadly like, for you, week- I had a bookmark. Oh, oh shit. All all week I've been like, oh man, I haven't been able to do any research. Like mm-hmm. things has been crazy. And I and and then you told me, Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm still in the middle of mine. And I went, Oh yeah. Yeah. And like literally yeah, right up until this moment, I had blocked out oh yeah. <laughs> the ugliness of what it was we were talking about. So great. Yeah. Yep. Hold on a moment.
1: Sorry about everything in between. Gulp, gulp.
0: Okay. All right, so I'm ready. If-
1: if you remember, uh yeah. there was a sociologist, uh last name of Godard, uh, who uh you remember he he studied a family, right? Uh he studied the Calicax, It yes. was a made up name, is yes. Henry H. Yeah, Goddard, yeah. right? Yeah. He wrote it yeah, up yeah. in nineteen twelve. I read to you like the very beginning. <sighs>
2: uh, he yeah.
1: He added so much to our lexicon. Um, and um Yay. and the thing was <laughs> Wait, though that no. like he he did own up to when he was wrong he did seek to correct when he was wrong but like i said most people had already it answered their intuition and their desire to feel smart
0: yeah so and they
1: ignored that part
0: yeah and and the amount of energy that is required to undo bullshit yeah is exponentially greater than the amount of energy that it takes to put bullshit out there yeah So, I mean, you can work really hard, like, even if you are uh, the most conscientious individual in the world and like, Mm -hmm. no, I fucked up. I'm going to own the fact that I fucked up.
1: Like the guy who came up with Alpha Wolf.
0: Yeah. 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 Like, okay, no, I, I, I was wrong. I didn't. I didn't. That's not how any of this works. Right. Nobody cares. Like that's, that's an easy, that's an easy narrative and that, that plays to people's preconceived notions and they're just going to cling to it. Even if literally the person who put it out there is like, no, I was wrong.
1: Yeah. And honestly, uh, it plays to people's sense of exceptionalism. I am an alpha, therefore I'm going to believe in this.
0: Yeah. Any motherfucker who thinks they're an alpha, like anybody who has to take the time to think, well, you know what? I'm an alpha. No. Yeah one one no you're not right um and and you wouldn't be anyway
1: if such a thing existed if
0: such a thing existed like yeah. no yeah that's, that's not you
1: you would be a sycophant to yeah. the actual to to alpha, the actual if yeah such a thing were a thing.
0: yeah um yeah, yeah.
1: so okay Uh, you know, he, he also remember he was renorming things, uh, for, uh, for IQ tests on Ellis Island, which was actually a step up despite how problematic those were. Um, and so what's happening here is we're seeing with the Jukes and the Calicaks, and there's another family I think called the Yuns. Um, and essentially these family studies, like these looks at, um, what makes me better than people. Uh, mm-hmm. by using family studies really were coming into vogue in the 19-teens, and along with that came the idea that social change was futile if society wasn't going to select out the unfit, like one fed the other. Okay. After all, these family studies had pictures and charts and graphs and books and articles, and, and they were written by learned men who explained it all in very complicated terms confidently, and therefore the only way to truly improve society was forced
0: sterilization okay wait back up Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um because you you mentioned previously Mm -hmm. either in the last episode or the one before that Mm -hmm. how many episodes have we done on this anyway Mm -hmm. that um there was positive eugenics which was we want to get the smart people to fuck yes and then negative eugenics which is what you're talking about now no no this is a
1: step beyond negative eugenics is Get the uh, the people that we deem. I don't want to fall into the same trap that they do. Of like, well, they're smart and they're dumb. Get the people that are deemed by uh, self appointed experts, yeah, uh, fit as or unfit, unfit uh, yeah. in some way. Get them to okay. stop fucking.
0: Okay, okay. This is this now. Now this we're beyond. we're we're moving we're moving to another another step past that.
1: Yeah, and it's reinforced by these family studies of you can't stop right. these people from fucking.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So therefore, yeah. all right. The whole the whole how many men are descended from Chinggis Khan? Kind of like right. you know you're you've either got to stop this as the source, or or, or by Max Kalikak and, yeah. and
1: the unknown strumpet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Christmas. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. And and do you do you have a like? Can we put a pin in exactly where? this 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 escalation can be traced directly to
1: um yes and no i mean i okay. can certainly point to the first uh legislative efforts at such i can certainly okay. point to uh recommendations made after the calicax family study and the juke family studies came out um okay and and interestingly you know Goddard um he you know he's like hey my shit was wrong but and a lot of people who studied his stuff were like, oh, here's where he was really wrong. But um, they still wanted to stop uh, the old uh, procreation of those that they deemed their lessers. Now, this is happening in the 19 teens. This is when you are looking at American immigration. You cannot help but see that there are nearly eight million people combined coming over from total <clears throat> uh come having come over in the last 40 years from italy and Austro hungary and that means catholics mm-hmm. and you know those those feeble-minded ones uh who believe yeah. in a, in uh, the abrahamic texts uh only to a point um yeah. because you know naturally it, and then and at the same time but boy are they crafty like it, it goes back and forth
0: of course oh, well knows, yeah right? you know um it always uh,
1: does it's yeah. schrodinger's racist um yeah but um, so you have that you have uh I want to say 2 million uh Russians uh coming over in then in those mm-hmm. 40 years and that's yeah. th- those are slavs. So uh, yeah southern
0: southern Europeans slavs.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um you do have like 2 million Norwegians coming over which is to be celebrated of course. Uh but and you have uh, in that period of time you have uh if you combine Chinese and Japanese immigration uh you have just about 400,000 Japanese and Chinese immigrants total. Okay, that's it. Um although wow. in the west coast people talked about it like it was just this teeming horde of people all at once.
0: Yeah, like, well, yeah, that's the the earliest yeah. American kind of kind of wave of yellow yellow peril.
1: Well, and yeah. and they passed a specific law in 1888 saying <laughs> you yeah. all are excluded. Um yeah. and the Japanese uh you know consulate was like yo that's that's not us we are japanese like it's different and i mean there's this whole embarrassing thing where the president had to get involved to tell the people of san francisco like stop being such shitheads to japanese people <laughs> just do it to the yeah. chinese people like yeah. like <laughs> pick and choose wow um yeah but yeah so that's what's going on and so of course the way to um <clears throat> kind of you know roosevelt himself said that it was every white woman's duty to have four babies yeah, uh, like he's, he's for, not good. for the sake of
0: for the sake of the, the numbers. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I mean, this gets to replacement theory pretty quickly, right? Um, Basically, but, instantly. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. But the argument for forced sterilization was fairly simple. It meant targeting individuals who were considered unfit for continued procreation due to their genetics, and therefore it was a public good. And if it's a public good during the Progressive Era, then by gum, it should be done. Now, you automatically have one population that you can just point to um, and say, look, they are not pulling their own weight in society. They if they get pregnant, it is disastrous. And we guarantee that the state will have to take care of their children. These are people who are considered wards of the state. People okay. who are in. So you've got prisoners, possibly. Yeah. Um, right. But you also have people who are institutionalized and therefore their legal right. guardians were the administrators of these institutions. So the same people who are saying, you know, we should probably sterilize people are the people who are in charge of these people's care Um, and and also people who were deemed incorrigible by the courts. All of them were considered potentially fit for sterilization, for forced uh, sterilization.
0: What so Mm -hmm. what what were the were there ever any legislated or or uh, regulated guidelines about what incorrigible meant like is it a three strikes very state to state is it, okay
1: um it it certainly was kind of left largely to the people who were in charge of these institutions which were underfunded hmm. um and like there is again, I'm not going to sympathize with these people. I'm not going to say that I agree with them in any way, but I understand the logic that got them to saying this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you are put in charge of a an asylum for the epileptics and incorrigibles, which was very yeah. commonly like that was what it was called. Okay. If you were put in charge of that, um, you would see these people and, and you know, I'm going to assume best of faith here for just a second. Okay. Put in charge. Uh, you see these people as people that need your guidance thank goodness you've come along you are so much better and smarter and they mm-hmm. have been deemed this that and the other and they are not getting the care that they need and if they were to get pregnant that would be bad for them because they're not capable of taking care of themselves and therefore their children would probably genetically carry the same things for them. and that's where Again, their Because logic... we're going back
0: to Lamarck and right. and epigenetics and right, yeah, but also okay.
1: you could go back to Darwin and say like, look, certain things do pass down in family lines. Yeah. Um. After all, they were measuring he- heads and stuff like that. You know, phrenology yeah. was a thing. Um. Again, they were getting it wrong, but you know, they they were using the science that they knew. Uh, it yeah. wasn't good science because again, they hadn't discovered that ether wasn't a substance. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... So uh, the first court case to reach the Supreme Court about this. So, so you have these people who think that they're doing right by these folks. Like this is the best chance they have at life. And they don't know enough to make a decision about their own uh, fertility. Therefore, we should take that away from them. Because if they don't know enough to make that decision, they certainly can't take care of a child. That's the argument that they're using. Again, I have to like put those in big parentheses. Damien doesn't think this. Damien yeah. is explaining what these people thought. Yeah. Um so the first one uh, to come to the Supreme Court regarding forced sterilization came from Virginia. Uh the Eugenics Record Office in Cold Springs Harbor, New York, uh had actually written a prototype of a law uh to improve upon a a failed eugenics law in Indiana. So Indiana tried, it failed miserably, it did not hold up okay. to muster. So the the Eugenics Record Office plenty of really smart people they're like let's write a better law and give it to our friends in Virginia um and they wrote a prototype of a law that states that uh, that that said that states could use forced sterilization upon people who are deemed fit for sterilization so you have to go through a means testing if you will. this person is fit for sterilization therefore it is in the state's interests to do this. And that supersedes a personal interest. It's almost like eminent domain, but with your ovaries um, and which gets to a fun story that I, I'm going to tell you in a second. But uh, but also they also do make the argument to judges that this is also in this patient's best interest. I know because I've been taking care of this patient for X number of years. Now, you can guess what the color of the hair of the judges and the people who were in charge of this was and the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. So, um, just real quick, uh, that thing I said about eminent domain. Back in the 1990s, I don't know if this is still true, but back in the 1990s, the state of Iowa declared that a woman's reproductive organs were the property of the state. Um,
0: Uh, Yeah. What?
1: Well, I mean, you do get into some interesting stuff like if I have the right to do with my body as I see fit, right? Let's right. say I want to remove I leave my reproductive organs out of it for a second. I want to remove a pinky finger and then I want to put that up as art or I want to sell it online or shit like that. You can get into some like really messed up stuff. It it I think you could make the argument that the state should step in and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. let's let's not do this." Well, one of the ways you can do that is by declaring essentially imminent domain over a body part that's no longer a part of your person, right? You have the right to your person. You don't Mm -hmm. have a right to the organs that have been taken out. That's kind of now again, I don't agree with it, but I think that's where the state of Iowa was was going. So they declared that Uh, a friend of my professor's um, had a hysterectomy. Yeah. And so she told her surgeon. Uh, she's like, okay, we'll put it in a jar. Uh, like, what are you gonna do with it? Oh, we're gonna do a pathology and blah blah. She's like, great. Afterwards, send it to the state house, it's theirs. Which I'm just like, fuck this woman's awesome. Damn, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: you anyway, it's so bad. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Here with you it? It go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, okay, so oh. there was a failed Indiana law. Uh, Virginia had a better version that came from New York, um, because eugenicists don't care about state lines as much better yeah
0: R- okay. well it Air held up
1: to better. uh held up to to judicial scrutiny back okay back. yeah Stronger. Um,
0: but judicially stronger
1: yeah now the founder okay. of the eugenics Ref- record office if you recall was charles davenport right. and harry h laughlin or laughlin uh mm-hmm. was the first director of this place right um just want to put pins in those names virginia right. adopted this law after lawyers evaluated it as saying oh, no, this would hold up under constitutional scrutiny in 1924. And then the law would make its way. It would get challenged and it would make its way up to the Supreme Court. And it became known as the Buck v. Bell case of 1925. All right. Okay. so Carrie Buck, this is the this is the stuff that, like, made me wish I drank. Carrie Buck was one of three children born to Emma Buck, a woman known in Charlottesville for being poor and having been abandoned by her husband. Emma okay. Buck, Emma Buck, this is the mom, was also later committed to the Virginia State Colony for the Epileptics and Feeble Minded. That was okay. the name of the place.
0: Okay. Right?
1: Anytime you put the in front of something, it always makes me worry. Mm. For the epileptics and feeble minded. Now, this she was institutionalized because she she had no money to take care of herself. She she could go nowhere, and she contracted syphilis. Um, which meant she was receiving. Medical so she's care. not
0: she's okay. not epileptic, correct. She does not suffer from cognitive disability. well, no, you get syphilis, that we know
1: of. and it makes you uh, feeble. More. oh, okay. All now right. I would so, say third stage syphilis does do that to you. Yes, but these are also treatable conditions that you could like yeah, no, 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 something no, about yeah, but, okay. The but, fact that she right. was enduring accusations of immorality and prostitution certainly helped make the case that she belonged in an institution. Such institutionalizations were common at the time and in that place, and the administrator, well, fucking, they were common everywhere, but um, uh, yeah. the administrators would later deem the detainee as being mentally incompetent. Okay? Uh, so that happened fairly frequently, as happened to Emma Buck. OK, so you right. are a woman of loose moral standards. Therefore, you are incorrigible. Uh, you are a woman who's contracted syphilis. So uh, we can't have you running around spreading it. Now, there is something about that. However, maybe contact trace the other people involved in the spreading of this syphilis. Yeah. You know, I maybe go back at to the, the Communicable the very, Diseases Act of at, the at 1860s. The very, yeah. Like in at the, the very
0: America? least, do the contact tracing yeah. there. Maybe beyond that. Um like, well, okay, no, we're we're too early for it to be cured because penicillin isn't around yet. Never mind.
1: True, but vulcanized rubber is.
0: This is true.
1: So yeah, you know, so, and and right. again, anyway, like so, so there's a lot of ways that they could have done this, but they didn't. Um, so she gets deemed mentally incompetent by people who are in charge. What you know? What possible <sighs> defense can she offer against it that wouldn't see she's mentally incompetent? You know, uh, it's like that kind of.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Her daughter, Carrie Buck, was alive okay. at the time. She was then placed in the foster care of the Dobbs family as an infant. Okay. 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 So Emma has an infant. She also has syphilis. There is a concern, etc. cetera. Okay. So Carrie, the daughter, infant daughter, grows up and attended public school, uh, raised by the Dobbs family. Mom is an institution. Okay. Okay um she was carrie was by all accounts a fairly average student okay okay now i i have to share my experience of florida public school you could be a really good student and still get a c real quick uh based on how they measure grades and you know the the, it's a punitive system okay take away points from you system it absolutely is if you have one bad day your grade just fucking drops you you get like a quiz that's four questions and you miss two of them, that's a fifty percent. That's not yeah. you miss two out of four points, and that fifty yeah. percent now drags your hundred percent on a on a on a quiz that had a hundred questions drags it down to a seventy five.
0: Seventy five, yeah, okay. Seventy five right, is
1: barely a C.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Okay, so
0: average student.
1: Yeah, she's an average student by all accounts. Right, nothing that anyone noted at the time is mental deficiency.
0: Right. Okay. okay.
1: When she was in sixth grade, which makes her 11, 12 years old. 11, 12, yeah. Okay. The Dobbses pulled her out of public school to help with chores around the house. Again, this is not uncommon at this time. Yeah. Okay. Now, fast forward to her being 17. She no. A mid-sixth grade education. (sighs) Okay. She's been helping around the house because the Dobbses are having other kids. Their nephew, Clarence Garland, shows up, stays the summer, and he rapes Carrie Buck now due to this sexual assault she becomes pregnant okay and as a result the dobbs family had her committed to the virginia state colony for the epileptics and feeble-minded
0: because their nephew raped her
1: yep because of the embarrassment that that would carry um and so they wanted to hide it right so if you just Put her away. That's the whole, you know. Well, when I was in school, kids didn't get pregnant. Yeah, yes, they uh-huh. fucking yeah, did.
0: They fucking did. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, they wanted to avoid the shame and uh hide the embarrassment of what their nephew had done. So you know, Southern justice. Um, now the Dobbses said the reason she's going in is because she's feeble-minded. They also added to that she's also promiscuous, like uncontrollably promiscuous and incorrigible. She gets committed in January and gives birth in March, which means that the only point at which they committed her was when she started to show.
0: And, and I, I just, I need to get this out of my system. They have been raising this girl since infancy, this young woman, since infancy. She has been a part of their family. Yes. They are the only parents she's ever known. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we don't know what what their interactions dig, were like.
1: I didn't dig deep enough into yeah. the family history to see if they always treated her as a second class citizen or as a servant in their home. But like uh, it, it has that vibe.
0: It well, one, it totally has that vibe. Number two, even even if that's the case, they are still the only family or parents she's ever known. She never knew right. her own mother, right. And, and to to do that, like, mm-hmm. I I want to build a time machine just to go back in time and punch Mr. Dobson in the neck.
1: Oh, no, you're going to want to wait because you're really going to want to punch the shit out of him by the time I'm done. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right.
0: I already. Okay. Well, carry on. I already yeah. want to. But right. uh,
1: yeah, it gets worse. It, it is <laughs> going to get shit. much, much worse. Um, OK, so Carrie Buck, she gets committed uh, in uh, January, she gives birth in March. Um, I'm trying to remember when her mom died. Um, her mom. So I'm trying to remember if her mom uh, was institutionalized in the same spot as she was um, at that time. Uh, I I don't remember. I'm sorry, but okay. so now the story shifted to Carrie. Okay, so Emma yeah. absolutely uh was was uh institutionalized. Carrie was born to an institutionalized woman, therefore she went into the foster care of the Dobbses, raised from infancy until she started showing yeah. pregnancy from a rape of their their nephew uh yeah. committed Clarence Garland committed on her, um when she starts showing that's when they push her out so all the free labor until then um they they say that she's feeble minded she's promiscuous she's incorrigible mm-hmm. yeah. um and since she was declared mentally incompetent by virtue of those reasons she was then committed to like i said the the uh, virginia state colony for epilep- for the epileptics and feeble minded and that okay. means that she also won't get to raise her own baby now she names it So she has Vivian in 1924. Vivian had to be adopted out. Guess who adopted Vivian and raised her?
0: The Dobsons.
1: Yeah. They changed her name to Vivian Alice Elaine Dobbs. Now, Vivian attended school starting in 1930. And okay. she went through to about 1932. So she starts at about five years old and goes until she's about eight. Um, she even got on the honor roll. Vivian did. Okay. And then she got held back a year, which again, very fucking common. Okay. You could, yeah. you could, you could be honor rolling it and then you get held back a year like by virtue of like, again, it's a very punitive system. Um, they loved holding kids back. Like when I went there, like okay. again, I've, I've shared this story. I think um uh where we had a field day for all the local schools and by local Mm. i mean within the whole county um and uh one school we we got second place we're fifth grade um we got yeah in fifth grade i believe uh we got second place in the tug of war the school we lost to uh one of the main reasons we lost to them was because all of those fifth graders drove themselves to the field day they'd been held back so many times along the way yeah wow yeah now, some would call that holding to a standard, <laughs> but uh, it seems a lot after less a certain that. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Vivian dies from an infection brought on by the measles in
2: 1932
1: mm. at the age of eight. Ugh. Now, in 1932, roughly 6,000 people a year were dying from the measles or from secondary infections brought about by the measles. Mm-hmm. Now, by, by 1968... Thirty six years later, that number was almost zero. I'm going to let you guess what caused such a drastic reduction between 1932
0: and 1968 uh, vaccines. Yeah. Now, because vaccines cause adults. Like... Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which means vaccines cause prostate cancer. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. OK.
0: Yeah. 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 Check so, the rules. Right. OK.
1: Um, now, this story isn't depressing for that reason. Um, for the death of a child at eight, it's not depressing for that reason. No, uh, we're going to go back to Carrie Buck, her attorney who argued on her. So this is a woman whose mother was institutionalized, who was adopted away by a family that pulled her out of school in sixth grade to do chores around the house, who was then seven years later or six years later, uh, no, five years later, uh, raped by their nephew and then institutionalized gave yeah. birth, and lost the baby to the family that allowed her to be raped. Yeah. And then that baby died eight years later. She's been institutionalized this whole time.
0: Okay, so at this point, she's 25.
1: Carrie? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Her attorney, who argued on her behalf that imposing a forced sterilization on her was a violation of her due process rights. Find um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was a a close friend of the superintendent of the Virginia State Colony for the Epileptics and Feeble-Minded. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he grew up with that guy, and uh, he did a poor job of arguing her case. Her lawyer was also childhood friends with the man who'd written the law calling for her forced sterilization. So this is the guy Mm -hmm. representing her in the Supreme Court. As a result, the Supreme Court ruled eight to one in support of the Virginia state law that allowed and encouraged forced sterilization, citing that due process had not been violated and that it was also not a cruel or unusual punishment because it was not a punishment. Uh, uh, It's not a punishment. You didn't commit a crime. This is not part of a sentence. Therefore, it's not a punishment.
0: We're doing it for your own good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and I want to know the gymnastics that went into uh, arguing that that due process had not somehow been violated.
1: Well, enter Oliver Wendell Holmes. Here he is in his majority opinion. Quote: ah.
2: Okay,
1: we have seen more than once that the public welfare may call upon the best citizens for their lives. So, in other words, we draft. Uh. It would be strange if it could not call upon those who are already sapped the strength of the state for these lesser sacrifices, often not felt to be uh, such, often not felt to be such by those concerned to prevent our being swamped with incompetence. It is better for all the world if instead of waiting to execute degenerate offsprings for crime or to let them starve for their imbecility, society can prevent those who are manifestly unfit from continuing their kind. The principle that sustains compulsory vaccination is broad enough to cover cutting the fallopian tubes. Three generations of imbeciles are enough.
0: What the fuck?
1: So he linked it to mandatory vaccines as a public good. He, He said, hey, we draft people and ask them to lay down their lives for our country. This isn't that. So, I mean, and most of them won't even notice. Now you and I both chose to get the old snippy snip, yeah. Um, and I don't notice a difference, no. Right. Um. But
0: but that's a we decision chose. we both made, right? After we had had the opportunity to become fathers, right?
1: And I had a in, friend who chose tubal ligation when she was in her mid twenties. Yeah, and she got to make that choice.
0: Yes. Like, like choosing
1: the, this is fine.
0: Choosing yes, okay. making the making the decision to okay. Look, I do not want to have kids. Right for for whatever my reasons are, whether it is I I hate small children. I'm a germaphobe. Um, I want to
1: live a life where I can fuck for fun and not have to worry.
0: Yeah, like, like so many
1: so many what? things. Or you know what? Certain shit runs in my family, and I don't want to raise a kid that might suffer from that. Yeah, a valid. I, and frankly a negative eugenics choice yeah that a person makes for themselves
0: for themselves
1: okay fine cool yeah. i have a friend who actually like has refused to have children because okay. of genetic makeup in their family
0: okay family? okay well, cool and, you do and you you know what yeah the the the
1: having a judge rule uh, that it's okay yeah
0: and and like yeah, Jur- I don't...
1: jurisprudence shouldn't shouldn't override bioethics.
0: Yeah, and well,
1: bioethics at that time was a really fucking low bar.
0: Yeah, yeah, bioethics at it, bioethics at that time didn't really exist. Right, like you know, um, I think it exists can... because of
1: shit like this. Yes, like, it does. Like, yes, as a matter okay, of we need to fact, do yes. Yeah,
0: uh, all all your safety regulations are written in blood. By the way, your bioethics regulations are written in horror stories. Yes and this so, is one of them um so yeah you oh want to God. know the mental
1: gymnastics there it is
0: and it's Oliver Wendell Holmes too exactly. like like
1: nobody's a good guy
0: like my there brother are no heroes my dude like yeah. come on yeah, yeah. Nope.
1: no swinging no. a miss dude swinging
0: a miss son of a yeah Wow. So
1: Carrie Buck was forcibly sterilized, and her alleged <laughs> promiscuity and three generations of feeble-mindedness were both accepted as true by the Supreme Court without any evidence presented.
0: Okay, so wait, mm-hmm. if we if we accept mm-hmm. the the idea that her her mother was mm-hmm. feeble-minded, mm-hmm. and we accept that she was feeble-minded, mm-hmm. there there's no indication that her daughter. Who I'm assuming is the third generation they're talking about. Yes. There's no indication that that the the third. There's no indication of feeble, she quote was unquote, feeble minded.
1: She was held back, and and Are I you... mean, Carrie couldn't even get out of the sixth grade. So, yeah, the tail is 100% wagging the dog.
0: So much neck punching. Yeah. So many throat. I. Oh my god. <laughs> I told so you. So many want people to need to get smote. Yeah holy shit yeah oh god so damn.
1: it's believe it or not it actually does get worse um so they accept this therefore you it's need in, you
0: need to time those remarks when i'm not i'm sorry i very nearly sprayed oh the beer that i need to be drinking
1: yeah that's true
0: that's nearly true. wound up on the monitor so like little oh, consideration so. please i, I beg apologize. you i it is in the state of Virginia's oh,
1: best interest that she be forcibly sterilized according to this total lack of evidence that's brought forward yeah, in court I mean, and Jesus. it's accepted as true. And because this wouldn't truly be horrible if we just left it there. Oh, God. Her sister, Doris, who was not deemed feeble-minded, was also forcibly sterilized without Doris's knowledge. What? During an appendectomy.
2: The fuck?
1: Mm-hmm. I told you it got worse. I told you. So, because you are the sister of a woman who was raped by the nephew of the people
0: who, who took to her take in care of you, 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 uh, uh, so much throat punching.
1: So, Doris got an appendectomy, and they're like, well, we better sterilize her. And they did. Um, and it's not until 1980 that Doris finds out why she and her husband can't conceive. what yeah because they wanted to have kids and they couldn't and back then it's not like fertility was like a growth industry yeah you know i mean so although i mean so so
0: what what her. okay so they they performed the, what what surgery did they perform on her
1: she was having an appendectomy yeah and,
0: and then sterilize so her, they then two they, they, yep. they tied her tub tighter too yeah yeah tubal ligation, tubal ligation. I, I think it was tubal okay.
1: ligation it might have been full on removal at that time i don't i don't know what the process was to be honest okay
0: because because what i wonder is mm-hmm. is if it took that long for her to understand why she was not able to conceive mm-hmm. like i would assume a woman would notice like if she'd had a hysterectomy yeah, it could, as it couldn't a, a of was yeah, yeah, because, because, you know, she noticed that she's not menstruating
1: anymore. I think she would have gone through menopause. Yeah, like really,
0: instantly. Really, yeah. 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 So, okay. So I reckon it's like, wow. yeah.
1: But Jesus. I, I don't okay.
0: Know. I, don't I know. mean, it's still fucking yeah. horror show, but.
2: Yeah. So, and, in and fact,
0: nobody, yeah. and like, she, no, no care providers, nobody looked in her medical record and was like, hey, um, did, did no. were you aware like this never you, you, came up? Keep
1: in mind you're being a bit presentist with the concept of charting and keeping track of these kinds of things.
0: Huh, huh.
1: See if huh, you think huh. you're doing the right That's... thing, there should be no problem with. There's... You know, I, I would point to a certain regime in Germany that was really good about their paperwork because they thought yeah. they were doing the right thing on yeah. some levels. Yeah. Um. But uh, these folks, you know, it's it's for society's own good, and you know, we're gonna have to you know, you want to you make an omelet, you know, you have to sterilize some eggs. So
0: what yeah. the fuck? Okay.
1: Yeah. Um. In fact, the uh, the Virginia State Colony for the, for the epileptics and feeble minded, uh, had more than eight thousand people forcibly sterilized in its time. Now eight. mm mm-hmm. Thousand not, not in a year, but like over that course over of over, yes.
0: yeah. No, I, I understand but
1: that's a fuck ton of generations that didn't ever exist.
0: That's Be- because oh, these four Jesus.
1: sterilizations are almost all on the women, too. Yeah, not all, not all. There were plenty of men who also were sterilized and then impotence type stuff, uh, and stuff Jesus. like that. And and but that you know, I'm focusing on Carrie Buck, yeah. Um, so, um, now. Carrie Buck is no longer a danger to society uh, and because she can't breed and therefore Mm. she doesn't really need to be institutionalized anymore. So in 1932, uh, she gets released. Um, I think 32, maybe 35. Um, She gets released from her uh, institutionalization and, uh, you know, shortly after the forced sterilization happens. And then um, she gets married twice okay uh because now she she can she can be poor and infertile and then mm-hmm. cost the state as much as it would to keep her in an institution you see jesus christ so she's no longer so... feeble-minded enough to be a worry which is weird when yeah. like again you you said she was feeble-minded yeah And then you sterilized her and that upped her IQ? Like, how... How um, how
0: exactly does that... How does that work? Right.
1: And in later interviews, Carrie Buck did state that she regretted not being able to conceive. Um, She was interviewed multiple times throughout her life uh, and at no time did an interviewer note any mental deficiency obvious in the course of their interviews. Mm She died in 1983 and was buried near her daughter, Vivian.
0: So, I just want to point out Yes, eight thousand people sterilized. Yes, that that is roughly a a short division in the army.
1: That's the entirety of my children's school district plus about five hundred. Not of the girls. The total
0: thing. The, the all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Eight. Hey, yeah, I've Jesus. lived in
1: towns smaller than that.
0: Yeah. Oh, a fault. So, all right. From 1907
1: through 1963, more than 64,000 people were lawfully sterilized against their will. And after Buck v. Bell in 1927, more states followed Virginia's lead. California was the most prolific state in these efforts, forcibly sterilizing more than 20,000 people in that time frame. That's one out of every three, four sterilizations happened right here in California.
0: Uh, one in 3 of them
1: yeah roughly i mean 20,000 out of 64,000 okay remember, a little
0: a little bit under but yeah. yeah many... these are
1: estimations because
0: yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> got to break a few eggs yeah right. um now do do we have mm-hmm. cuz i mean i say we are there statistics on like what the what the what the reasoning would like how how do those sterilizations break down like we have this many of them who are sterilized for
1: for being imbeciles
0: for being like right? quote-unquote imbecilic we have this many that were sterilized for you know incorrigible criminality we have this many that were like you know I, they were it, just they were just the wrong kind of not white people like you know what... well we'll
1: get into uh vengeance for sterilization during the civil rights movement in a bit um
0: <laughs> okay
1: Yeah. But, uh, very often it, it was, it cut across the, it cut down the poverty line, right? If you were poor, you were much more likely. Um, if you were a criminal, you were much more likely. If you were a woman who had sex for fun, but didn't marry a guy, uh, it was much more likely. Um, if you were Irish and unmarried, it was much more likely. You gotta remember okay. their their belief, uh over yeah. these things overlap, right? So yeah. the belief yeah, yeah. that by jerking off too much, you're softening your brain. That's yeah. gonna make you insane, and therefore Lamarck and Yeah, therefore, and that's gonna
0: pass on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So chronic masturbators, yeah. which was actually a reason to institutionalize people. I found an asylum sheet in in California where 35 of the hundred-something people that were there were Irish and that was the given reason for why they were institutionalized because irish was the nice way of saying jerks off a lot because it was believed that the irish because they married later
0: yeah 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 they 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 were they were so okay yeah. so they didn't actually have to catch you with it in your hand no repeatedly no like, but also if so, you
1: if you're frequenting uh bordellos and things like that
0: okay you know, if you're frequenting bordello, then you I mean you're not you're not jacking off like but you are still spilling your seed counter...
1: and if you do it chronically wait. you're going to dumb yourself down
0: okay right so so okay wait in on. a
1: family it's presumed but... that you're trying to fuck for kids if you enjoy yourself while you're doing it great but you're trying to fuck so that you can have kids if you're a single man and you're constantly visiting these places, typically you tend to be poorer because the rich men uh, yeah, order or, in. Or, yeah. Um, right. But also, yeah.
0: The, wow. Mm-hmm. The science, baby. All of the uninterrogated, like <laughs> uh, preconceptions that are involved in all of that.
1: Well, do you know what like took up the most space in some catalogs in the 1860s and 70s that got sent out west?
0: Oh, uh, 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 devices to, to discourage, uh, Eternal wet emission. dreams and master. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah.
1: They were freaked out that their kids were dumbing down. That's why circumcision grew in America. It was really? specific. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Man. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, specifically yeah. to stop boys from masturbating because you are less sensitive. Uh, if your foreskin is removed, that was the prevailing belief. Science. Okay, I recently I just read an article like 3 weeks ago or yeah. no, a week ago. Um yeah, but it recently was like no, it, it really
2: doesn't make a difference. Doesn't,
0: and, doesn't yeah. I mean um I'm I'm just going to point out anecdotally. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, which like an anecdote is not statistics, but I I don't think
1: didn't slow me down one I bit. I can
0: I can yeah, I can say from personal <laughs> experience that that being circumcised did did not prevent me from figuring out how to do that, right? And doing that probably more than my fair share as a as a as a youngster. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that there are certain people who would possibly argue that maybe it did lead to me being feeble minded. I don't know. I, would say I it was I already some... there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it could be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. Uh, a pre-existing well, no, condition, right. you know, I mean, but like, yeah,
1: there was a lot of ink spilled to stop seed from being spilled. Like,
0: you're welcome like, for that. Didn't um, I mean? What I don't under like all of the people writing all of those articles,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like the doctors who wrote those articles, uh-huh. right? Yeah, all of them. All of the men. All of them. Keep in mind what it took to
1: be a doctor back then.
0: Well, uh, but hold on, though. Okay. This is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what it generally took to be a doctor was having a dick, right? Yep. Um, and and it's not like wet dreams, nocturnal emissions, whatever word you want to use for it. It's not like that suddenly became a, a thing that had never happened before. Right. All of the doctors who are writing these articles, like they ruined their sheets when they were 13. Sure. So, like, and you managed to become a fucking doctor. So, like, where do you get off? Uh Ha! You know, trying to argue that. Well, you know, mothers, you got to be able to stop your boys from from doing this, so they're going to wind up feeble minded and mad.
1: Dodge that bullet. Look at me, I'm a doctor.
0: Yeah, you're a doctor.
1: It's my exceptionality that that saved me. Your son is not exceptional. You are too poor to be exceptional. I was exceptional.
0: There is so much to unpack in that statement. You are too mm-hmm. poor to be exceptional. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's why. All right. And, so and again, so, it, so you're they, also they were talking all...
1: about like I would point this. This reminds me of a time that I was at an open mic, and okay. somebody was talking about how Mercury was in retrograde. Now I don't really know what that means. I think it spins a different way or something, or, or, or I don't know, and I don't care.
0: OK, but, I, I could get yeah. into the explanation sure. but and, it's and, immaterial yeah. what we're talking about. Exactly. So anyway.
1: But yeah. this person then said, yeah, well, you know, Mercury's in retrograde and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they nodded knowingly. And I'm like, well, OK, cool. Um, and then so he's like, but did you also know that and he starts naming other planets and other heavenly bodies that were also in retrograde and therefore and everybody kept nodding along. And I felt like Kathy Bates in misery. I'm like, are you people crazy? He yes. didn't get out of the cockadoody car. Like yes. I I'm like sitting there going like <laughs> none of y'all motherfuckers who are nodding along with this idiot who is making shit up. And maybe they were right. I don't know. I don't okay. care. But none yeah. of y'all. Actually knew that, and you're nodding along because you don't want to be the one caught out saying like, well "There's no clothes on that emperor."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think doctors had the same groupthink going on. Okay,
0: all right. I so don't want to
1: be the guy who challenges this shit because I'm okay. also a fraud and a hack. Uh, okay. <laughs> at okay. Least through the 1870s, 1880s, right, and then yeah. by the time you get to the 19 teens, there is some professionalism that goes along with being a doctor, but not much. And you still have a lot of the old heads holding yeah. the keys to the kingdom. And now the new science is like, Oh shit, that's cutting edge. He's getting money. He's, he's getting influence. I yeah. better not go against what he says. Or if I right. do, I'd better cannibalize it and say worse shit. And so it's, yeah. like stocker, yeah. Take that um, and go
0: farther. Yeah. So, so, I think that's so, what's it, going on. so it's a combination. So it's, it's, they're huffing their own paint. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, do you remember the venereal disease expert from the army in 1918 that I mentioned last time? Paul Popeno?
0: I remember you mentioning him I didn't remember the name. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's back yeah. baby. Oh, no. Yeah. So
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Paul
1: Popeno joined up with Ezra Seymour Gosney.
0: Oh, there's a name. I
1: know, a Californian rich person. Oh, which no. these combinations will occur a time and time again. A a doctor and a California rich person. Um, Now, Ezra Seymour Gosney made a lot of money with lemons and he also established the Boy Scouts chapter in California, the very first one. Okay. And he spent a lot of money on eugenicist causes.
0: Oh, yes, of course he did.
1: And what's interesting is there is a weird connection between citrus and eugenics in California. (laughs) Like, a lot of the people that put a lot of money into eugenics were citrus they got rich on citrus specifically um, well
0: okay i mean from a from a mm-hmm. philosophical Just, i'm trying to think what what's the right word but from, oh they're a, crossbreeding
1: from a, plants and they recognize yeah, that I they mean, can actually you know, guide the evolution of a new lemon yeah 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 uh, and and that absolutely has a lot to do with it. now the, the okay. control that comes from that, by the way, and the knowledge that certain traits can be gained or gotten rid of, right, serves to bolster that hubris to think that they can and should do so with humanity. So in 1925, Ezra Seymour Gosney bankrolled an effort by Popenoe, okay, by Paul Popenoe, yeah, yeah, the the expert on venereal disease in right. 1918 in the army. To research the effectiveness of a Californian, or to research the effectiveness of a California compulsory sterilization law. So hey, could we do this okay. here? Gosney and Popenoe published "Sterilization for Human Betterment," a summary of results of six thousand operations in California, nineteen oh nine to nineteen twenty nine, and they published it in nineteen twenty nine. So it was cutting edge shit. Okay. The book argued successfully that forced sterilization of those deemed unfit was both was legal was moral and harmless to those in the state uh who were who were chosen by the state to be forcibly sterilized because fruit um and I'm going to come back to this later <laughs> because I'm going to go in hard <laughs> on northern fruit. california and sacramento specifically okay but yeah now
0: because but, fruit
1: because fruit i'm still getting over that okay now by the uh, 1930s, the idea of eugenics was so baked into the dominant culture, and again, this is what our podcast has always been about. That yeah. a number of movies had mercy killing as a plot point.
0: Um, uh-huh. um, um, look at the rabbits, George. Um,
1: oh yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, but that wasn't to keep Lenny from fucking. That's yeah, twice no. But you're yeah. right; it's there. Uh, yeah. Right. And it's specifically somebody with developmental delays, right? Yes. Okay. Now, back in 1917, shortly after the popularity of Birth of a Nation was starting to wane, Uh because that shit was popular for over a year and a half,
0: Mm -hmm. a movie
1: called The Black Stork came out.
0: Oh. Oh. I am not going to like where this goes already. I can tell. You're going to
1: love its alternate title. Are You Fit to Marry?
0: What? What? What?
1: Uh-huh. Oh, now it man. was written by Harry J. Heiselden, who was the son of a drifter painter, turned head surgeon of a hospital in, in Illinois. I want to say it was like the German hospital in Illinois um while he was okay. still a resident uh in that hospital, he'd opened Bethesda industrial home for incurables.
0: okay yeah another, so here's an asylum. Right.
1: Exactly. He cares about people. He cares about the, and, and, and my goodness, and later in life, uh, Does having worked know? well, okay. it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> he, he worked with the state of Illinois in other such institutions as the one he'd opened in, uh, in, in Illinois. Um, and he was very much against the existence of these institutions after a okay. while. Okay. And it seems uh it's what I would say being wrong for the right reasons. Um okay. he he saw the horrid conditions and treatments and neglect of people who deserved better.
0: Okay. That's he's like these institutions right. should
1: not exist. Look what they're doing to these poor people.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Now the next step he takes is the one where I want to club him in the back of the fucking head with a table leg. <laughs> okay (laughs) because you know if i agree with a guy like this you know i'm setting you up right yeah yo yeah so his solution to not we don't these institutions do more harm than good solution let them die rather than to live like that because of course he did
0: okay let them let them so when he says let them die Mm mm-hmm what what does that translate to? Like, oh, how, how is he... Mouth is. In 1915,
1: okay. November of 1915, chief surgeon and now president of the hospital, Harry J. Heiselden. Now, this predates the movie. Keep in mind, right. so I'm going right. back a little bit. Okay. He was informed that Anna Bollinger had given birth to a baby boy with birth defects. And though he determined that the surgery, that surgery could save the child's life, chief surgeon and president of the hospital, Harry J. Heiselden, convinced Anna Bollinger and her husband to neglect baby John Bollinger until he died, because that was preferred to living the life that Heiselden predicted to, for the child. And I found a newspaper at the time, quote, but Heiselden decided the baby was too afflicted and fundamentally not worth saving. It would be killed. The method denial of treatment.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Now this How got into much? the news wow. big time because yeah. what the fucking fuck, right? Even right. back then, people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. This baby yeah. is white. Um
2: <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm probably not wrong, but you're not uh, exactly. I
1: made that part you're up. Not. But so Heiseldin's solution to these institutions is is
0: is lethal neglect.
1: neglect. Yeah. So Jane Adams and Helen Keller both took opposite sides in this argument. Jane Adams, the one who founded like, you know, the 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 houses for for people, I forget what they're called. Um you know, the Jane Adams in Chicago and they, they've got all these houses oh, okay, to yeah, like yeah. help okay, people. Yeah, they're right. more than just halfway yeah. houses, you know, they're Um she spoke against Heiselden, which means that Helen okay. Keller took his side. Yeah. Helen, Helen Keller, Keller, born born fine, but ended up going deaf and blind. Um, She took his side in an article that she titled, quote, Physicians Juries for Defective Babies, Defending His Actions.
0: OK, so like to hear so what if Helen you Keller said. Oh, you're going to tell me either way. You don't so... have a choice.
1: If I had to read it, you have to hear it. Quote by Helen Keller. Just yeah, I, out that I get it. Helen yes. fucking Helen, Keller,
0: Helen fucking Keller. Yeah.
1: Who who was right on so many other things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she was wrong here because she said, quote, it is the possibilities of happiness, intelligence and power that give life its sanctity. And they are absent in the case of a poor, misshapen, paralyzed, unthinking creature. I think there are many more clear cases of such hopeless death in life than the critics of Dr. Heisel didn't realize. The toleration of such anomalies tends to lessen the sacredness in which normal life is held. And then she goes on, quote, there is one objection, however, to this weeding of the human garden that shows a sincere love of true life. Yeah, she said weeding of the human garden. Um, Quote, it is the fear that we cannot trust any mortal with so responsible and delicate a task, yet have not mortals for long ages been entrusted with the decisions of questions just as monumentous, are just as momentous and far-reaching. And then, quote, it seems to me that the simplest, wisest thing to do would be to submit cases like that of the malformed idiot baby to a jury of expert physicians. And then she ended with, quote, we must decide between a fine humanity like Dr. Heiseldin's and a cowardly sentimentalism.
0: A fine humanity.
1: He's a fine human being with tremendous humanity in his heart that's why he let a baby die from neglect now i don't know where you stand on the euthanasia and things like that i bet it's pretty nuanced mine is probably less nuanced because i don't have any kind of religious compunctions yeah that being said those all hinge on fucking choice and consent yeah,
0: yeah. um so i'm this is yeah
1: there, there's yeah. so much here go for okay it. so this is the part at which i took a nap <laughs> i was like no i'm sleeping <laughs> i'm the done world i'm going i'm lying down, down. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah and i don't blame you um my my helen keller my reaction yeah helen, <laughs> helen keller helen fucking keller now no. it's important to note um as you did that um helen keller was not born with with the conditions that that led to her life circumstances,
1: that is indeed correct.
0: So so this is this is to a certain extent this is not her ox being gored in this specific case. Correct. Okay. So it's so it's it's um it is easy for her to then use her uh, social position. Apple. Yeah. Capital. Good. Yeah, capital. I like that. Use the social capital associated with being who she was Mm -hmm. uh, to make this argument when, in fact, she's not a member of the category of people that's that's being affected by this. But outside observers would look at her. Well, I mean, look at her. Right.
1: And, I mean, she had been deaf and blind since roughly 19 months old.
0: Yeah. So... You know, or it was it was on it was, its way out, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was and, scarlet and, scarlet fever, right? Yeah. In and her she's, case? I
1: believe so, yeah. And yeah. she's famous for it. Right? She's absolutely yeah. famous for it. Yeah. So you're absolutely so, right. So people like, are like, see?
0: Yeah, like num- number one bullshit. Yeah. Like right off the bat, no, Helen, this is this is gonna look awful because here I am a, a cishet white guy telling a a you know disabled uh uh woman to sit down and shut up, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it here because that's no, (laughs) you don't, you don't, you don't get to speak for these people. And even though in your own head, you might not be speaking for those people. The, your audience is going to take you as speaking for those people because they're going to lump you in with those people, whether you recognize that or not. And if you do recognize that, fuck you with a sleeper sofa sideways, with the bed extended it to, is easy to to quote yeah it to quote cool. friend of the show bishop o'connell one of yeah. his favorite phrases it, there
1: it is it is easy to generalize and not think much
0: yeah and um so
1: when she has for most of her life been disabled in those yeah. two very specific ways yeah see
0: she yeah she gets it. yeah so I, I want to get that out of the way right away. Sure, sure. Um now the next thing is um I was born a twin uh-huh. and I grew up an only child. I don't know if I've talked about that here on the podcast. I know I've told you that story.
1: Oh yeah. I'm well aware.
0: Um, but, um, as someone who was born in circumstances that under this kind of thinking mm-hmm. potentially would have been left to die. Right now in 1920 something 1930 something the technology to prevent me from dying would not have existed so that yeah, would
1: have been prayer
0: yeah that that would have been but but with that being said um this is a situation of well you know this is treatable but we're choosing not to treat it i was in a situation where my circumstances were we can provide medical treatment and make sure you know this this child you sure. know grows up Um, So there is a parallel there. And speaking as somebody who was in that circumstance, anybody advocating for this can just jump off a goddamn cliff right now. Uh Um, The, the uh, idea of uh, euthanasia, the, the idea of assisted suicide, like if, if someone is uh, terminally ill, If someone has a condition that is going to utterly destroy their quality of life, Mm -hmm. if someone, you know, and there are no treatment options and there is no like, you know, you're, you're going to lose everything, including your dignity, you know, um, Mm -hmm. any, any kind of circumstances like that, um, in for myself as a Catholic, Mm -hmm. I would not. I, I would not morally be able to choose to, to end my life because of my religious beliefs, but I am not going to condemn anyone who winds up in that situation and says, I am making the choice right. to, to go out on my own terms and have, have my dignity and have everything else. I, I, I am not in a position to judge anyone who does that. Um, and the idea of a third party making the choice for somebody else that, well, your life is not going to be worth living. Mm-hmm. So we're we're not going to keep you alive. Right. Um, like
1: and again, he convinced the family that this was better.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, talking, talking so, parents into letting their child die.
1: Yeah. Now, again, I would I would say that there are times where such a discussion needs to be had mm. and such a case may well need to be met made. But the reasons behind why he did it
0: are are, are very bullshit. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in in circumstance, like, OK. And again, speaking as a Catholic. Sure. Um, in circumstances of, uh, you know, we know that your child's going to have down syndrome. We know that your child is going to have, uh, you know, we, we've done, uh, genetic testing and I don't know if this is something to be genetically tested for, but you know, we've, we've determined that like if, if, if the tests come about Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've determined that your child is going to be autistic, your child is going to be congenitally deaf. Your child is going to be congenitally blind. Right. Like, like those. There, there are
1: tests to determine whether or not a child will have Down syndrome now.
0: Yes. Um, it's, yes. It's a that. Nucle measurement. Yeah. That, that does exist. Yep. Here's the deal if, mm-hmm. if your pregnancy, you, your child will not be viable. Your child has one of, you know, is, is, is forming without a brain. Right. And if your child is born, if your child does survive, um, you're you're they are not going to have a brain they are only going to live you know hours and they're right and, and and they're going to be in pain the whole time yep in that circumstance that is the point at which the conversation needs to be had about are you going to terminate this pregnancy right mm-hmm. and as a practicing catholic um i am not going to say that's a sinful act right my own my own judgment based on my understanding of doctrine is in that circumstance that's i mean ultimately it's all between you and god and and you know whatever you know whatever whatever bishops might say mm-hmm. um like that's that's a decision that you've got to make after reflection with your own conscience and prayer and whatever all else mm-hmm. but if you make that decision based on well you know your kid is going to have this this treatable issue, right? Or, or this—that's—that's that's fucking murder. Yeah, and and making the argument to parents that, well, you know, um, your child is, you, you know, the, the idea that somebody's going to be a drain on society, so you know, it's better to just not let them survive. Is See, that argument monstrous? Right
1: there. Yeah, it's one thing if y- your family has come to a decision that they literally just cannot support yeah. a life like that. That is a, a yeah. deeply awful and personal choice to have to make. Yeah, It's another when a doctor makes the argument from, you know, society's going to have to pay for this child. It's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. that you, yeah. you just, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Heiseldon got tried for this, by the way. Really? Yeah, despite the fact that Helen Keller supported him. Um, he still goes to trial. Uh, okay. the jury get acquits behind him this idea. All right. The jury acquits him uh, for letting John Bollinger die. Um, and he probably would have gone on doing this for longer. Um, and suffered no consequences. But, you know, one thing that's been true about surgeons since the beginning of surgeons, apparently, is hubris yeah. and the inability to let go of the idea that they're the smartest one in the room. Mm hmm. So Heiselden sits down and writes a screenplay with a muckraker, uh, and a political advisor to FDR while he was governor of New York, uh, named Jack Late, L A I T. Right. And it's the screenplay to uh, what do I call it, Black Stork, right? Yeah, okay, I it, it I corrected it to Black Swan, it's not Black okay. Swan, um, yeah. but in 1971 uh, or 1917, Black Stork comes out now after this. The Chicago Medical Board looks at, like, like, are you fucking serious? And they tossed him out. Uh, so okay. All he right. would have been allowed to continue practicing medicine had it not been for him insisting on making this movie. Um, the movie essentially was a dramatization of what had happened in the hospital under his direction. Uh, incidentally, John Bollinger was only the first. Uh, uh. Heiselden is connected to three other similar deaths in a two-year span. So between John Bollinger and when the movie came out, uh, the black stork was so groundbreakingly upsetting that there were separate showing times for men and women. The movie played in theaters all the way to 1942. What? Which means that it was playing four years after the exploitation film Sex Madness came out in 38, Sex Madness was the companion piece to, to Reefer Madness.
0: Oh, really?
1: I have Sex Madness. Yeah? I do. It's, all, it's basically because she fucked around before marriage, she got syphilis and she didn't tell her husband and they had a baby that was so malformed by syphilis that it had to be essentially put down and her shame carried through that and you see the price of pleasure fucking with somebody Wow, really? So that movie came
0: out in 1938,
1: which means there's a four-year overlap where you could go see Sex Madness and you could also go see uh, The Black Stork. Or Are You Fit to Be a Mother? Wow. Um, I wish to hell I was kidding.
0: Gee, Christmas.
1: Also in movies in 1934, (laughs) Tomorrow's Children came out. Um, And essentially it's a mirror to what Doris uh, Buck had gone through. Um, As the sister of someone deemed feeble minded, our main female lead played by uh, or not played by the character's name is Alice Mason. She must be sterilized to end the genetic line of her whole family because her whole family is made up of alcoholics, criminals and the feeble minded. Her parents undergo the forced sterilization because it's the only way that they can continue receiving their welfare checks. See the poor. Uh, the court has decided that Alice must also be sterilized despite being the only, quote, normal person in the family. They find out at the end that she was actually just adopted and she barely just in time to stop her from being sterilized by the doctors. Uh, this this movie actually quoted Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes. Three generations of imbeciles is enough. It made its way into a movie.
2: Oh, so,
0: because, of course, it did. I'm not, you know... I, i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna say this and I know I'm wrong sure i'm gonna say this again i i don't I don't think I can be shocked anymore in this episode about like like <laughs> where stuff gets quoted what, speaking what of anybody gibberish. has said yeah yeah no i don't i don't think i don't think i'm capable of it anymore because right. holy shit okay
1: challenge accepted uh yeah. in in 1931 okay <laughs> the illinois homeopathic Medic- medicine association number one existed uh yeah. number two
0: <laughs> i was gonna say a a rigorous scientific organization right there very much so. like oh boy
1: do we have the 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 oil that you could squeeze from a snake um they advocated for the right to forcibly sterilize again not the right for people to go and choose sterilization not even a campaign telling people you know it would be better for your children is is if they weren't born
0: okay wait 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 forcible the the homeopathic the homeopaths association yes is calling for forced like sterilization force for force okay for legislation regarding forced sterilization yes okay yes because for a moment
1: legitimate doctors are going that way the woo doctors had better the, well the woo
0: i mean yeah yeah you got to stay relevant right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep god all of these people suck yeah okay yeah oh my god all right
1: but Meanwhile, at the state fair,
0: that look is so
1: precious. No, you don't.
0: I do. No, you goddamn don't. Oh, I told you.
1: <laughs> so, state fairs since 1908 had featured a display all over the country, uh, promoting perfect, perfecting babies. Um, I mean, livestock, oh, right? Four H, yeah, FFA. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Starting in Louisiana in 1908, the Better Baby contests uh, ended up in full swing by the 1930s.
0: Better, better
1: baby. Better baby contest. Contests.
0: Like, like yeah. these are baby beauty contests.
1: I wish it's more like uh, Westminster oh, no. dog stuff for babies. It's it is. I mean, oh, <laughs> take a listen. Uh, oh, various no. doctors, various eugenicists, and various public uh-huh. health board members oh, and hospital officials came to judge and add credence to these contests. Ostensibly, these were meant to educate people on proper baby care in the first years of life.
0: Oh which... yeah, no bullshit. That's that. I mean, I I'm sure they did that, but that's yeah. that's not the rationale. That's I... not, or that's the rationale. That's that's not the real motivation.
1: Yeah, and and, yeah. and I agree that that is a good public good to have. Yes. Realistically, though, what it meant was that Black families were often barred from participating in these better baby competitions, and middle-class white babies were the ones that set the norms, and the standard against which all babies would be judged.
0: Of course. Because, now, of course. The
1: qualifications in these oh, no. contests were complete medical histories of the babies. So, you know, if you had too much colic and too early, sorry, you're disqualified, right? Development tests, competency tests, all administered by experts. And the scoring was deficiency based. Judges would remove points for defects. So your baby starts at 100 and then we just go down the list.
0: Yeah. Speaking of punitive systems. So, so, okay. this
1: This is actually the same approach as livestock. Standardization, science, and yeah, goal-based okay. judgments. This is okay. positive eugenics being used to take points away. Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Now, in addition to state fair baby competitions, there were also fitter family competitions starting in 1920.
0: Fitter family. Yeah. Okay. Assumably, starting from 100 points. Yeah, essentially. Docking and, points. Okay. And it's the so, same
1: thing as the better babies. It's aimed at entire families, though, right? So yeah, this is more yeah. behaviorally based. Yeah. They had standards for selfishness, cruelty, suspicion, bad temperedness, high strungness, generosity, quality of bonding. Um, and originally this was sponsored by the Red Cross.
0: Because of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> because I mean, come on. By 1925,
1: right. the Eugenics Record Office was printing standardized forms for all the judges of all these competitions. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> just remember <sighs> that if you go to the
1: state fair of your state or a county fair, that in addition to who makes the best cobbler, who makes who who has the cutest rabbits, um, who has the prettiest dogs, who has yeah. the nicest sheep and, you know, the pigs yeah, yeah. and the cows and the you know, geese better scurry when I take you out to a slur. So all of that, also babies.
0: And, and, you know, signing up for a contest to have your family mm-hmm. publicly judged. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You know, and that's, and that's introducing a whole level of status bullshit into it too. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, I don't. Wow, there's there's so many levels on which all of this is fucked up. Like, yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So back to California. Uh, California's eugenicists were amongst the wealthiest and most scientifically based, uh, largely because a lot of them were agriculturists, and uh, they saw humans and plants as the same in many more ways than society needs. Uh, like I'd said before. Um, guys like Luther Burbank, um, who was an expert in breeding fruit. Uh, he actually bred more than 800 strains of fruits, vegetables, cacti, grains, and grasses. Uh, okay. Burbank was especially known for his plums. Uh, that's not a metaphor, uh, because it turns out he didn't actually have his own children. Um, he adopted his second wife's daughter upon marrying her, um, up, upon marrying his second wife, not the daughter. Um, okay. he published yeah. an essay in 1907 about child rearing, Um, again, not having had any of his own, uh, but again, he did also adopt a child. So, you know, uh, if you adopt a kid, you get to, you get to weigh on him being a parent. Um, Burbank also cared a lot about education and community. He gave lots of money to local schools and he was known to be a modest, soft-spoken and generous man. Okay. Now the essay that he wrote in 1907 was called the training of the human plant
0: the training the of the human plant yes okay
1: in this essay uh luther burbank advocated for cultural homogeneity and replacement of less dominant cultures
0: okay which
1: again as a guy breeding cash crop <laughs> fruits
0: yeah yeah he
1: also was big on so selective breeding back. and he left the mm-hmm. door open for euthanasia um and okay. Just in case I'm being too subtle, here's what Luther Burbank himself said. Quote, We are more crossed than any other nation in the history of the world, and here we meet the same results that are always seen in a much-crossed race of plants. All the worst, as well as all the best qualities of each, are brought out in their fullest intensities. When all the necessary crossing has been done, then comes elimination, the work of refining, until we shall get an ultimate product that should be the finest race ever.
0: That is that is indescribably creepy. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh you imagine naming a high school after
0: that guy. (laughs) Like I mean what the fuck. Holy Um, crap. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I I yeah. I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly how to how to how to verbally express my my emotional response to that, other than
1: just a brief instant is like, all right, this guy gets it. Crossbreeding, as cross in breeding, getting a right. lot of genetic diversity. Oh wait, yeah, you want oh, just to be one okay. product, oh, right? Okay. Hey. When you've done all the crossbreeding, then you start the comp. Like it feels like then you start the pit fighting, <laughs> and the forced
0: fighting. <laughs> that's, like, that's when and that's when the Hunger Games begin. Like, right.
1: And then dude, we breed to champions.
0: Yeah. Like, what? What the hell? Yeah, and and well, okay. The the yeah. thought, the thought I'm having, the, is best as a as a reflection later. I don't okay. I want to I don't want to get to it yet. But yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, one <laughs> of the, the people fuck? who received a lot of funding and aid from California rich people was Harry H. Laughlin. I've mentioned him before. Yes, you have. Uh you may remember him from being the first director of the Eugenics Records Office.
0: I do remember him from that. Yes. Or
1: from his testimony in front of Congress about why we shouldn't let the sneaky non-white whites into the country as much.
0: Right. Yeah, that too.
1: Anyway, Lachlan was one of the main influences on Davenport and vice versa. Right. So they just jerked each other off, but not to completion because you don't want to. Because you don't want
0: to become feeble minded. Right. Right.
1: So edge bros. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it was the two of them, uh, by the way, that's alleged. I have no proof that they ever touched each other's penises.
0: Well, you know, Um, a lot of people say.
1: Right, right. Some. Some have said. Some people.
0: Some have said.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, (laughs) uh, so it was the two of them who worked together at the Unigenics Records Office to advise Congress on the Immigration Act of 1924. We talked about that last time. Yep. Lachlan also started studying senators' genetic heritage through the Eugenics Records Association in 1927 to determine their fitness for Congress.
0: Okay, okay. Oddly enough, yeah. oddly enough, yeah, that's what proved me wrong.
1: Oh, that's, that's what that's that's what got it.
0: Holy not the shit. baby
1: competitions at not the state the, fairs. No, I guess no, that's along no. the same vein,
0: right? I mean, come yeah. on, white people going to white people. Yeah,
1: like, yeah. you
0: know, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only a matter of time, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, but, wow, mm-hmm. digging, digging, and so now, now the the next logical thing that 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 follows from uh-huh. this did did he, did he use the okay? Hold there mm-hmm. are two ways this could go. Sure, did he then use this information to suck up to Congresspersons? Let's be honest, congressman is mm-hmm. talking about when when we're talking about. Yeah, I don't think or, he went after or, Jeanette or, Rankin. She'd already yeah. lost
1: her chance at office by this point. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't come back until 1940. So. Yeah,
0: or, or, or did he use this as blackmail material?
1: Well, it seems like he was trying to leverage them because there were some who refused and were like, what the fuck is wrong with you kind of vibe. And uh, then he then publicly wrote to their hometown newspapers to seek the information out.
0: Uh, Oh, shit. I mean, you got to give him credit for chutzpah. Like,
1: Speaking of chutzpah, uh, during (laughs) World War II, Lachlan would then tighten restrictive immigration regulations so as to bar Jews seeking asylum from Europe.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. Back that up. Sure. Say that again.
1: Lachlan advocating tightening restrictive immigration regulations so as to bar Jews seeking asylum during World War II.
0: Okay. Syrup. All right. Yeah. Just, just making sure that's what I heard. Okay. Yeah.
1: And right. he had enough contact with Germany that he knew exactly what that would mean. He knew he fucking knew. Wow. This wasn't like, Oh, I mean, what happens to them? Is their problem? I, I haven't looked into that. No, he hung out in Germany. He visited people. He knew, uh, Lachlan's okay. efforts towards eugenics met most uh, of its success in california and again some of this is due to rich californians who funded him and some of it's due to the college and university system that was set up in california much of it was due to the reactive elements in california when faced with chinese and japanese immigration
0: okay
1: but back to Gosney and Popino. In 1929, they co-authored Sterilization for Human Betterment, a summary of results of 6,000 operations in California, 1909 to 1929. I told you about that. Um, Basically, the gist was it's not bad for the people that it's used on. It's good for the state. It's cost effective and it's legally sound.
0: The very idea that it's cost effective is being applied to people, literally people's lives. Yeah. Just
1: which is funny because Chaps when we prove ass. that it's cost effective to give people housing
0: nobody wants to do that right yeah okay
1: now philanthropist which is a california term for eugenicist <laughs>
0: um <it's laughs>
1: charles m gatey uh or or goeth if you prefer um he was very excited about how well Gosney's and Popeno's book was doing amongst the elite and the policymakers in Germany.
2: Okay. Charles
1: M. Gatty. Uh, again, I'm specifically picking on Northern Californians, often Sacramento-based, uh, because there's a lot of them in the capital city of the most successful unigenesis state in the country.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: because there's a bunch of schools named after these assholes. So, Charles M. Gatty. Himself was a booster of the great outdoors and nature. He loved the Redwoods. He was a booster of the Audubon Society and the Sierra Club. He was honored by the National Park Service for his work in conservationism. He was a really cool guy. They made him the honorary chief naturalist. They invented that term for him. He was also anti-immigrant and had studied at the elbow of Madison Grant. the author oh. of the poorly selling and highly influential book, the passing of the great race that claimed that Nordic peoples were the pinnacle of human evolution.
0: Oh.
1: You may remember him from the Henry Ford square dancing episodes. I do Nordic in the 1920s and thirties changes to what word?
0: Oh, it
1: changes to white. Doesn't it? Arian.
0: air. Oh, right. Right.
1: <laughs> You're too subtle.
0: I was, uh, not. I, I was <laughs> not, I was not, I was not, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Gady wrote a lot of pamphlets, by the way, calling for stricter immigration regulations Mm. on the Mexican immigrants, claiming that certain ethnic groups were more susceptible to carrying and spreading disease, claiming that feeble mindedness was not only hereditary, but ethnic and claiming that some races were superior to others and that forced sterilization would be needed to protect society from unfit races and so on. He was a true believer in this because he spent <sighs> over a million of his own dollars to distribute these writings. And he spent even more to lobby the California state government to put eugenics programs in place specifically to forcibly sterilize poor women from 1909 to the 1960s. And he also spent plenty of money on the federal end of it too.
0: Oh my God. All right.
1: Charles M. Gatty also refused to sell real estate to Mexican or Asian people because he claimed that there was a racial hierarchy in which Mexicans were as low as black people and that Southern Europeans were weakening the white race. He also praised Germany's program of forced sterilization because that would help purify the Aryan race.
0: Because of course he did.
1: Yeah. Now, do you know the connection between Charles M. Gady and Rosa Parks Middle School in Sacramento?
0: No.
1: Was Middle it initially school. named for him? Yes.
0: <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. In uh, fact, of course it was.
1: Until 2007, uh, Charles M. Gatty had a K-8 school named after him in Sacramento. 2007. That's, I think, the year that the iPhone came out.
0: Uh, you're not wrong.
1: 40.3% uh, of the students at the former Charles M. Gatty school are Mm -hmm. of Latina heritage. 23.5% are of Asian heritage. 19.1% are of black heritage. 5.4% report being of multiple heritages. Only 3.4% of the population of the school named after Charles M. Gady, are of white heritage. In 2007, Sacramento city unified school district renamed the school to Rosa parks. Now, I think that is very appropriate. I think it was yes. kind of a lazy choice, but I mean, that woman deserves to have name, things named after her, so I'm not going to criticize yes. that, but yes. you could have could have educated us on other cool black yeah. women from history. Fucking Ida B. Wells, uh, K-8, yeah. would have been great. Um, yeah. But okay, cool. Rosa Parks, right? right. Um, there's part of me, though, that did love the idea of Gaty screaming up at us from hell for daring to let that many non-white <laughs> kids go to school named after him.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: now, since I don't have an afterlife that I believe in, I'm glad they renamed the school. If I did have one, I would have loved it. Um, the following year, the city yeah. followed the district's lead and renamed one of the city's busiest parks, right off the American River, to Riverbend Park.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Now, uh, do you know the connection between Charles M. Gady and Sacramento State University? No. In 1947, Gady founded my alma mater, California State University, Sacramento, as the 11th state university in California. He gave it an an enormous endowment and was chairman of the university's advisory board. He had an arboretum named after him in 1961. And in 1965, for his 90th birthday, uh, Jerry Brown, governor of California at the time, Uh and LBJ both wrote letters of praise to him that were presented to Gaty at his birthday at CSUS.
2: Oh, my
0: God.
1: These letters were actually solicited by his friends. Like, this wasn't these two guys realized, shit, dude, you know, 90. No, it was solicited, but they did it. He changed his will to make CSUS his primary beneficiary, and he donated over $600,000 to the college along with his home, his personal library, and all of his eugenics papers. When he died, Sac State got the entire $24 million estate.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Now, that's later in life, right? right so I just right. named a couple yeah. things. Yeah, now, yeah. let's go back to Gaty in 1934 because it's fun. Uh, he goes to Germany.
0: For certain to... of fun, but yeah, okay.
1: He goes to Germany to examine their sterilization efforts firsthand. And he writes a letter to Gosney. Stating, quote, you will be interested to know that your work has played a powerful part in shaping the opinion. Remember, your work being that book that they wrote uh, in in 20 in 2029. Right. You will be interested to know that your work has played a powerful part in shaping the opinions of groups of of a group of intellectuals who are behind Hitler in this epic making program. Everywhere I sense that their opinions have been tremendously stimulated by American thought and particularly by the work of the Human Betterment Foundation. I want you, my dear friend, to carry this thought with you for the rest of your life. Uh, I'm just going to break in here. So do I. Um, back now. <laughs> back to <the> quote <laughs> that you have really jolted into action a great government of 60 million people. So Gosney yeah. and Popeno, the guy who was working for the army on VD in yeah. you know 1918, their yeah. book was so influential. That it was closely followed by the new government that had taken over in Germany in 1933 to the point where an American health official reported back in 1933 while visiting, quote, the leaders in the German sterilization movement state repeatedly or state repeatedly that their legislation was formulated only after careful study of the California experiment. So, Ed, I have a question. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What was the new government in Germany that he was talking about?
0: That would be the National Socialist Party the NSDAP.
1: Oh yeah yeah, okay. So they what they 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 didn't even win a majority. I mean, I don't see why it's that big a deal.
2: Oh fuck. So. Oh,
0: no,
1: we exported to... eugenics to the, we we didn't start eugenics. We just polished it up and gave it that pizzazz that then the allowed it to export. Codifiers. Yes. Sent it out into the world again to the point where the Nazis looked at it and were like, you know,
2: this is good stuff.
0: This, we, could, we could do something with we, this. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they
1: did. God damn
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you combine
1: that, by the way, with our extermination of indigenous peoples here in the 1800s was also another model, and then also oh. Henry Ford, like, yeah,
0: oh, it, yeah. It, no, yeah, it, no, yeah.
1: People are shocked that the Nazi, you know, you get neo Nazis here in in America, and it's like, no, no, it, it really,
0: it, you, you, you really, you need to be very naive. You really, yeah. There's 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 a level of naivete involved yeah. in that that you got to be like, I don't. Yeah, you so I'm going to study st- history.
1: I'm going to stop it here because we all know what happened in World War II, and we yeah. all know the effect and impact of this California experiment, uh, and the the, the the holy goddamn shit. Um, yeah. so we yeah. all know that. I'll pick it up in the next episode post yeah. World War II, uh, because yeah. as it okay. turns out, eugenics uh, eugenics gets a bit tarnished by
0: really <laughs> a little bit a little
1: don't worry they remarket it it's fine it's it's oh okay it it will keep going strong it's just gonna be about different things yeah okay so but what have you gleaned
0: um there is a deep-seated anti-democratic element to this especially
1: in liberal california
0: which is yeah Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. there there is there is so much of this that ties into essentialist ideas and and just this inherent fear of democracy of of Equality under the of of genuine equality under the law of I would go
1: far enough to say disdain
0: yeah genuine um genuine disdain that like well you know it's it's as if it's as if the the people doing this are all you know rah rah sis boom ba about the idea of representative democracy and they think they think the republic they want. Is the Roman Republic, but what they're actually trying to get, and what they're what what they're actually idealizing, is Sparta. Like I mean, from I a, did
1: start with, I mean, I did start with the fellow from uh, from England talking specifically about Sparta, right? Yeah,
0: like, yeah. Well, yeah. Or no,
1: there's the German guy, the, yeah, who was yeah uh, Heichel, if I remember. Yeah.
0: Heichel yeah. talks about Sparta, but, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the people in the United States
2: mm-hmm.
0: who like we, we have this thing in our history mm-hmm. of, of lionizing um, the, the, the concept of the Republic. Mm hmm. And, and the model that keeps getting pointed to and the one that was consciously emulated by the, by the founders Uh was the Roman Republic, right? That's, that's, that's where the form of our government and the branches of, and the branches of government that, that were, that were put together, you know, that's, that's, that was, that's the inspiration. That's the model because it was
1: intensely aristocratic.
0: Well, yeah, because yeah. Fully half of the founders or more were virginians and you know like, and i mean we can we can get into the original sin yeah, of, i was gonna of say this, this is not a bug like, this is a feature bug. yeah this is yeah. not like oh my yeah.
1: god look what happened generations later it's like oh. yeah
0: yeah but but the thing is like i i kind of want to go back to jefferson mm-hmm. and look him in the eye and go you you are just Masturbating all over all of your writings about the Roman Republic and citizens and da, da 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 and the thing is, you're not you're not actually creating a republic like the Roman Republic. You're creating a republic literally like Sparta. And and you and and you don't want to you don't want to admit that, but what you're doing is going to lead to all of this hideous shit later on.
1: Don't think he would have minded.
0: I, well, yeah, Jefferson, Jefferson wouldn't have. Yeah. Jefferson wouldn't have minded because Jefferson was an asshole. Yeah. Um, and, and prettily. Yes. Yes. He was, he was an evil man who wrote really well about highfalutin ideals. Yep. Um, but you know, the, the, and, yeah it's just the the level of uh fragility and fear mm-hmm. because this is white anglo-saxon protestant mm-hmm. society in the united states being terrified not only of non-european people right But particularly of of European people, but but particularly of of Europeans who are not the right kind of Europeans because, you know, non white whites. Yeah. Yeah. And like and then and then the 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 when, when you use that phrase like that, that whole idea of non white whites is what gets us Columbus Day. Right. Because yeah. because it was it was a ploy for Italian Americans to become white.
2: Right.
1: Uh, it was also to, like, put off a strike, if I recall, and to say, oh, we're really sorry for that lynching. Well, like, there I a mean, few yes. things at Play there. But yeah. yes.
0: But but the the the. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the promotion, yes. Hey, You
1: too. Yeah. They're promoted to whiteness by that. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah, right.
0: Their elevation to, you know, official whiteness, you know, happened there. Uh, was 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 tied up in that, and like, and 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 let's talk about Columbus for a minute. Like, you know, what the the man, the Spanish authorities of the time considered him a sadist and an incompetent. Yeah, they, like, like, okay, okay. The
1: Spanish, if if, Those if you brought you
0: the literally. Yeah, if literally the local representatives of the Inquisition look at you and go, bro, dial it back. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, man. Um, and yeah, so I mean, there there are so many things that are tied up in this, and all of them are ugly. Yeah. Um, but what we what we keep coming back to is, as I said a minute ago, white people gonna white. And, and yep. it is, it, you know, like so much of our energy in this country, like of, of the dominant culture in this country got spent for so long, um, trying to protect something that really doesn't exist, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And it's, it's, Yeah. Like I'm going to need a, it's a good thing that we, that we record this at the time of day we do, because, you know, I need to lie down and go to sleep. Like, oh crap. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, there's, I got a whole lot going on there, but the, but the anti-democracy part of this, Mm -hmm. the fear of, well, you know, we can't actually let everybody vote. Right. You know. Is just can't let everybody breed because yeah, because then voting you know demographics, which then ties right back into the Tea Party.
1: Mm -hmm. I was going to say everything that's come since yeah,
0: you know yeah, just oh my god.
1: (laughs) Well, got anything you want to recommend to us for reading?
0: Um, yes, I do actually. Um, and and it is kind of homework for what i'm going to be talking about next Mm -hmm. uh but uh also uh whether or not you are a person of faith um i think it is a meaningful work uh Mm -hmm. that that can give can can give a reader uh some things to think about okay it is orthodoxy by gk chesterton um, it is a work of apologetics. It is it is Christian apologetics, mm-hmm. but it's G.K. Chesterton writing it. Who is um, he? Has a puckish sense of humor, and it is not. Um, it is not. You know, I'm trying to figure out how to the phrase. I'm looking for. It's not harsh and it's not didactic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is approaching ideas of orthodoxy and ideas of faith, uh, in a way that lends itself to not just looking at Christian apologetics, but looking at, um, the, the way of the world or, or the looking, looking, looking at the world with, with a new kind of lens. Um he talks about the the uh power and the importance of make believe. Mm-hmm. Uh which is which is a choice to believe in something.
1: It's a sacred thing in my house.
0: Yeah. And so um it's it's just it's a wonderful book, and I've always found it like like tonight after we get done recording, I'm gonna go look for my copy of it. Uh <laughs> because, <laughs> Probably because good, I've idea. because I've always found it um healing sure and and a bit of a balm uh also um kind of related to that gk chesterton also wrote the father brown mysteries series uh which are a lot of fun uh the main character is a catholic priest and uh he notably uh they're all short stories uh so it's you can read two or three of them and and walk away Um, but he, he sends up Sherlock Holmes and he does, he wasn't in the right period to, to parody, um, uh, Hercule Poirot or Miss Marple, but he, he, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lovely entertaining kind of light as, as lighthearted as a detective series can be. Uh, series of stories and so yes it would be it would be a very good mental balm uh, kind of literary equivalent of looking at kittens uh, (laughs) after after what we've been talking about here so so GK Chesterton those are my recommendations orthodoxy and the father brown mysteries how about you
1: Uh, believe it or not I've got something similar Um, Randall Balmer uh, redeemer the life of Jimmy Carter
0: oh hey there we go
1: Palette cleanser so yes uh, very much yeah don't worry he wrote another book actually called bad faith as well that is yeah. about uh the lie that evangelicals came out after roe v wade uh it turns out no they came out after school segregation was ending um yeah i them. mean but read redeemer <laughs> instead
0: yes
2: yes
1: um, right now <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you <laughs> yeah. need it so okay
1: um but yeah cool uh, do you want to be found
0: at the moment? I do not. Totally I, fine. I, I will, I will remain cloaked until right. such time as I can bring photon torpedoes to bear and then Bareful. y'all are screwed. Right. Um, but, uh, we collectively of course can be found on the Apple, uh, podcast app yeah. and on uh stitcher. Spotify. Spotify. Oh, Spotify. And yeah. Okay, Spotify. Yeah. And, okay, Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, wherever you have found us, since you are listening to us, you have to have found us somehow. Uh, wherever you have found us, please take the time to subscribe and uh, give us the five stars uh, that you know uh, Damien has earned through the <laughs> mental and emotional sacrifice he's made to do uh, this particular set of research. In particular, um, I just said particular set of research. In particular, anyway. Um, I was drinking a very strong beer, but, uh, also we can be found at wubba, wubba, And, uh, for as long as the site still exists, we are on Twitter as geek history time mm-hmm. or geek history of time. And can you be found, sir?
1: Yeah, I've quit Twitter actually. So we should probably talk about, uh, bringing okay. it over to threads because, uh, you can find me right now at duh harmony on threads. That would be the best place to find me. Uh, And otherwise, yeah, go back and listen to some of our prior episodes, I would say, if you want more of me. So, cool. Well, for A Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling, 20s.